The Christian Atheist is also available on YouTube, and you will find other great content, including the literature I frequently refer to, on our Simple Gifts podcast. If you find our content helpful, consider supporting us through PayPal at RomansChapter5 at Comcast.net. Welcome to The Christian Atheist, where faith and reason fuse in the Incarnation. Episode number 25, Letter 2 to My Atheist Self. This letter goes back to my atheist self sometime around the year 2000, after I'd been an atheist for several years at the University of California, Irvine. Dear John, By now you have spent a great deal of time thinking about and experiencing the world as an atheist. There is, undoubtedly, a sense of freedom in believing there is no God, isn't there? It sets you free to confront a different set of constraints to be sure. By now, having been a teaching assistant, a TA, for several years, you have repeatedly encountered the hostility that many academics have toward fundies and any orthodox notion of the Christian faith, while embracing nearly every other type of religion and spirituality uncritically and with open arms. Surprised, weren't you, by the vitriol and intolerance of those who preach tolerance so loudly? Would you like to understand that contradiction better? Read Herbert Marcuse's essay, Repressive Tolerance. You'll have a light bulb moment. You have also learned to keep your mouth shut about political matters, as the consequences are too dire to swim openly against the current. Duck and cover wasn't just good advice for your primary school days and the threat of nuclear war. Unless I miss my guess on timing, you have just been labeled a scab, and denounced for daring to cross the picket line of disgruntled teaching assistants at UCI. You had no idea that you were required to feel oppressed. Instead, you dared to feel blessed and grateful to the administration, to be given tuition remission and a stipend for your work as a TA. It never occurred to you that you were entitled to much more. Unforgivable, your cheek in that. How dare you recognize your blessings in the midst of so much oppression and resentment? Do you remember, by the way, how horrified your advisor was when he heard that you wanted to work while in graduate school? I must admit that I shake my 53-year-old head in amazement that you managed to work 30 hours per week at Sears Auto Center in Escondido's North County Fair Mall in order to maintain health insurance, while at the same time TAing, commuting to UCI, being the maintenance man at Daisy Hill Apartment Complex in Ramona, and all while still keeping up with your student responsibilities. It came as a bit of a shock to you that most other graduate students didn't work. Fancy that. You have also, by now, studied a great deal of Hegel with Professor Benchevenga, having read the Encyclopedia of the Philosophical Sciences. Stimulating stuff, isn't it? Hegel's dialectical logic is a powerful, nearly universal tool, adopted by nearly the whole Western world following Hegel, constantly being reinvented, as Professor Benchevenga says, by the likes of Jacques Derrida and others. You have also, by this time, begun formulating your own controversial understanding of Jean-Paul Sartre's being in nothingness, as essentially a Kantian backlash against Hegel. When you read Marx's Capital, all three volumes, with Benchevenga, you will gain a great deal of insight into our current world situation. All of this material plays into what I want to say to you in today's letter. It has not dawned on you yet 
But when you read Sartre's essay, Materialism and Revolution, a disconcerting realization will strike you to your core, confirming an ever-growing suspicion from the first moments of your atheism. Your path to atheism, the discovery that faith in God had unsolvable aporias, that your skepticism and doubts concerning the Christian faith received always the same patronizing answers, or non-answers, from the church, ran the path of a frustrated quest for certainty. You chose atheism because you wanted to avoid believing and embrace instead knowing, thinking that rationality, logic, and science led away from faith to that firm foundation. What you found, instead, is that faith is a human universal, that reality itself is often unresolvable, that it is, in fact, turtles all the way down. Faith is unavoidable. Logic reasons from faith, but logic cannot give you first principles. Once you accept this fact, you find it most explicitly in Kant, my reality in the future becomes possible for you, though you will not see how for another two decades. You thought, but by now your experience has forced you to know better, that you would find in science, in academia, and in academics a more objective, less biased, more open and truly tolerant vision of the world. What you found instead was that people are people in all human institutions, and that the blindness, bias, and arrogance that you thought characterized Christianity and Christians is even worse in academia. This had been your most compelling reason to abandon Christianity in the pursuit of truth. But don't fret. Atheism is still tenable for you, and you have decades of travel on this path before an off-ramp presents itself. The choice of theism or atheism is not between knowledge and faith, or rational and irrational, but between faith and faith. If this time portal opens again, I will try to send more of these missives your way. Yours truly, Dr. John Wise. I thought you might like to know that. Eventually, you do get your PhD. I am a Christian with the searching and skeptical mind of an atheist. I don't want to believe anything that isn't true. I know both sides of the looking glass and I know them with open eyes. I choose Christ's side. I invite you to join me from wherever you stand before the looking glass. That's this week's episode. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can have your religious cake and eat it too. You can have reason, respect for science, a 21st century worldview, and be a Christian.